Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reborn podcast, the show designed to help you keep a pulse on the fast-changing world of brick and mortar. As the world reopens and operators race to meet the rising expectations and demands of experience-driven post-COVID consumers, it's more important than ever to stay ahead of the curve and understand the trends and technologies that will shape the future. In each episode, we'll interview successful operators, subject matter experts, and leading thought leaders who will share their insight to help you prepare yourself and your organization for what lies ahead. Here's your host, Bobby Marhamat, CEO of Radiant. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, April Sabral, who's the founder and president of Retail U. April, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I know things can get busy, so I appreciate you taking some time to educate our listeners here. So, you know, you have a great history of retail and otherwise. would love to have you start out by just giving us a little bit of a brief of, of you, and then we'll go into a little bit of uh, Retail U. Yeah. So to keep it really short, because it's kind of long, <laughs> I've been in retail for 30 years. Started off as a part-time sales associate back in the UK and um, worked my way up over that period of three decades to a vice president of 250 stores. So I've always been in operations. I moved from the UK to the US and then from the US to Canada, where I was there for 15 years. And I've worked for brands like Starbucks, Apple, Gap, Banana Republic, some privately owned retailers in Canada, as well as some luxury brands. Um, So I've done lots of different retail segments, I would say, but for the last seven years, really in specialty. Awesome. Uh, What's uh, Retail U all about? So Retail U is my online, on-demand, basically, leadership development platform. And so the reason why this came about was everywhere I had gone (laughs) and worked for and led retailers, the importance of having a great store manager or a great district manager really does change the results in a positive way. And so what I had learned early on is the more I had developed my own leadership skills, whether that be communication, team building, conflict management, you know, problem solving, all those soft skills that you don't really learn at skill at school, but you get a hard lesson in retail if you don't have them because you have a hard time developing your teams. And so through just that journey of learning and developing myself, I wanted to put all of that knowledge into a very easy, digestible format for operators, you know, not like this two-hour course that you have to go through, but literally four-minute videos so that you can get what you need to have the skills that you need to develop those teams. And so that's what Retail U is. It's on-demand online just modules, very affordable, making leadership development affordable and accessible for anybody that works in retail that runs the store, basically. And so we've been getting really great feedback and managers are finding it super helpful it's got like books in there, quizzes, scripts, all kinds of stuff that just really help them be the best leader that they can be. That's great. That's great. And you also wrote a book, The Positive Effect. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I did. I, I like a lot of people through the pandemic were at home and had time. So I wrote a book about my retail journey, really. It's a book about my journey from being a part-time sales associate all the way up to a vice president. It's got lots of great personal stories in there, like practical, funny stories. I mean, if you work in retail, you know that you've got like zillions of stories of customers and the people that you work with. And so I kind of put lessons learned into these practical stories to really help people understand that their leadership matters and how to create an engaged team. And so in the book, I outline 
my leadership principles that have worked for me in growing highly engaged customer environments and team environments. And so I introduced you to this model called ACT, Accept, Create, Teach in the book, again, to really help you learn how to build that team. Because I can't tell you how many times now, just as an advisor or consultant in the retail space, now stepping out of the operations role, people call me and like, I'm just having problems finding the right people. I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to build it. So really, that's what that book does. It just shares everything I know in a very practical way. Because as I was building Retail You, I realized that even though there's all these tiny micro lessons, my philosophy of how I actually did it is peppered through the courses, but it's not really shared in that big way. And so, yeah, that's that's what the book's all about. It's really helping you adopt these principles to help you, you know, build a solid team and a solid business. And one of the uh, things that you discuss is really your ACT leadership methodology. Tell us what that is. Yeah, so ACT is, like I said earlier, it sets steps for accept, create, teach. And accept is all about being a supportive leader. And create is all about being responsible for your thoughts, your thinking, your actions, what you're doing every day. And then teaching or teach is about being selfless, like really going into situations and looking at yourself as a mentor, not the manager, and having those coaching and development skills. Because everywhere I ever worked, every store manager or district manager, regional director that was successful said it was because they felt supported. That word comes up over and over and over again. But like, what does that actually mean? Because it means different things to different people. But ultimately, what it means is that they have a boss that they love working for, that they trust, that they feel cares about them, and that they're helping them become a better person and progressing in their career. So that support pillar really unpacks what that looks like about removing judgment, biases, how you become neutral in situations so that you don't emotionally react. Because when you do that, you can create stress for other people around you. And that's when people leave businesses. So I kind of really unpack that with lots of personal stories. And then the second pillar of create, I introduce mindfulness. It's all about what you think about comes about and you can create that. And so really helping you get present I mean, I learned mindfulness and meditation over 20 years ago, and I really do believe that that had a huge impact on my team, just the way that it helped me show up every day. And then, you know, teaching, right? Like a lot of people think that they're a coach, but actually all they're doing is delegating and directing and kind of firing, like they've got 10 things I've got to get done this week and they just fire it at their team, but they don't actually sit down and go through and train them and coach them and support them how to do that. So in my experience, that's what works. And that's what kind of unlocks this, I want to say, positive emotion in people towards their boss, which there is the company, right? Because people leave people, they don't leave companies generally, they leave how they their boss makes them feel. And so my hope and desire is more people read this and really understand their responsibilities so that they can retain their team so that they understand and know what this means to actually act and lead with awareness. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. And you have a long, of course, career in retail. As you've been working with a lot of, you know, these different leaders and companies, what are some of the biggest, you know, lessons that you've learned? Yeah, I mean, I can remember many of them, but two of them that really stand out to me is one comes under the accept pillar. And it was when I was a store manager 
you know, a couple of decades ago. And I was sitting at a round table with a regional director at the time and a whole other group of store managers. And, you know, we got to that place because we were performing store managers and we were able to have this conversation in this round table and ask questions and get feedback. And so all of my peers at that table were asking you know, questions about product knowledge, about the new collection that's coming up, about, you know, the company strategies. And I have no idea why I asked this question, but I've always been like thirsty to learn about leadership. I asked the regional director at the time, you know, if I want to be in your shoes one day, like, what's your best advice that you could give me? And he said to me, you know, quite honestly, April, he said, you know, people, when they go home at night, they sit at the dinner table and they talk about their work day most of the time. And they talk about the person that they work for. And so he said to me, when you think about that and you interact with people on a daily basis, he goes, don't let anybody ever tell you that being too nice will not get you anywhere. Because when you are nice to people and you do respect them and you do treat them right, then they go home and they talk about that. And then they become your number one fan. And so does their family and friends or vice versa the other way is they go home and they're stressed and they're telling their friends about it. And those friends and that family members are telling them to leave your team and go get another job because it's not worth it. And so that was a big lesson for me because I really understood that like when people left my store for the day, you know, how would they be talking about me that night? And I tried to kind of use that as a filter with everybody interacted with to make them feel valued, to make them feel good about what they were doing and understand my responsibility in that. Because, you know, sometimes... When you get promoted and you get this title, a lot of times managers think they have to, you know, be tough, be firm, say things that, you know, don't make people feel good because they have a hard time with dealing with performance and conflict. But there is a right way to do that with making people feel valued, right? So I think that to me really stood out and it's one that always sticks in my memory. And I think it impacted everybody at the table that day. And then the second one was, not that long ago, but like probably within the last 10 years, I had a a situation where I was working with a team. We were trying to come up with a plan to execute for Black Friday. Everybody knows Black Friday and retail is one of the biggest sales days of the year. And we had a new vice president that joined the team literally like a week before that day was going to happen. We were in a meeting. We were talking about everything that we had to get done. And we were looking at the sales forecast, what we had done last year, what product we had. She walked into the meeting. She looked at the sales goal on the wall and she said, yeah, that's not big enough. You're going to have to double that. And then she just left. And we were all left in that room going, is she out to lunch? Like, what is she talking about? She hasn't been here before. She doesn't know the history of the company and she doesn't know what we can do. So I got the task for the next hour of us discussing who was going to tell her that to go and tell her. So I walked down to her office, told her, you know, we don't think we can achieve what you're asking us to do. And you don't know because you haven't been here. And she just looked at me and she said, if you can't believe it, you won't achieve it. So that night I went home, thought about how am I going to sell this to the rest of the team? And I bought these, literally these chocolate bars, wrapped them in a million dollar bill that I designed on a computer and then took them to work the next day and put them on everybody's desk and sent them to the stores and said, okay, when we achieve this million dollar goal, we're going to celebrate. And, you know, fast forward, we went to planning. We didn't really talk about not doing it. We talked about what we were going to do to achieve it. And we surpassed the million dollars. And we achieved a goal that none of us thought we could do. So that really taught me is what you think about really does come about and where you put your efforts and your focus, you can achieve a lot more. It stretched my belief in what I thought I could achieve as well as everybody else's. So I just remember that million dollar chocolate bar. It just 
You know, I, whenever I'm working with people, I'm like, what's your million dollar chocolate bar? You, know, like, <laughs> you got to believe in something to achieve it, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, people talk about this all the time. One of the things also, of course, is you know, some of the employee exercises sometimes done are around positivity and just kind of what your frame of mind is and et cetera, which really affect the customer experience. And, you know, it's really circular in, in that sense of how you actually provide a great experience to your end users, to your customers, et cetera, that are coming into your location. So I think uh, definitely the power of thought and that positivity definitely makes a difference. April, as you think about what's important, of course, you've looked at a lot of retail le- leaders and part of what's important here is, you know, for them to be connected to purpose, positivity, like we just talked about, and really what they're thinking about both the environment that they're in and also the future environment and how they're servicing customers. Why do you think that's super important? Because retail is a hard job. Let's be real. It's not like a nine to five sitting behind a desk, right? I'm not saying that that's not hard because, you know, I haven't done that my whole life. But retail is a very challenging environment. It's changing all the time. You can have a really great day in sales and come off on a high and the next day have a really terrible day in sales. And you're only as good as your sales were today, right? Like if you're a business owner, you're in your own business, you're in retail store, if you're running a big chain, it's the same. It's the highs and the lows. And so I think to find purpose in what you're doing really matters because as you go through those highs and those lows, your purpose or what drives you to get up and do what you do every day is going to get you through those times. If we look at the last couple of years, right? Like we've had some real lows And so you better be clear on what your purpose is. And I say sometimes, you know, your purpose could be as simple as building amazing teams and creating an environment where people can thrive. Because retail managers, a lot of the time, are undervalued, seen in the world as uneducated. But what they do is they encourage young people. A lot of young people have a first-time job in retail. They build those life skills that take them into their other career choices. And they're creating these environments for customers. Sometimes the customers are having a bad day. They come into a store, they have an amazing experience, and they leave feeling so much better. So it's really important to find your purpose, whatever that is, within yourself so that you can get through all of that. And then second to that, positivity goes without speaking. Like I think I'm the queen of positivity because I just think that positive energy brings more of the same, right? And so we're working with people. We have to uplift people every day and engage them because your customers will feel that. And you just kind of said that. I truly believe that our employees are our customers and how we treat them will be given to your customers. So you need to really think about that because when they leave your store, they're talking about what they're doing, where they're working and who they work for. And they are your number one ambassadors of your brand, you know, telling the customers how they feel about you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that's come up, of course, uh, especially these days is people that are in these locations in retail, hospitality, et cetera, these deskless workers, you know, they feel less connected to brands than, than ever. And so you have a little bit of a fallout as far as where people want to work and how connected they are to the brands. Have you, A, have you witnessed this or have you heard about that? Have you heard, you know, brands kind of going through this? And B, if so, how have you coached them to kind of get through these times and build better relationships with their employees? Yeah, I mean, I don't think of retail workers as deskless employees because I feel like a deskless employee is somebody that's virtually working for an insurance company, working at home in their home office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like a deskless employee. But I feel like retail employees are tethered to a location. So they are in a location. They are expected to show up. So it's interesting when I hear deskless because Mm -hmm. 
Yes, they're not sitting in front of a desk, but they do have a lot of physical things that they're responsible for. And we need to remember that, right? But like, to me, it goes back to the same thing it's always been. They want to know three things that their employees providing them. Number one, their employee cares about them, which we've seen a lot of that with mindfulness programs, wellness programs, wellness days being added to benefits and things like that, right? Over the past couple of years, they want to know that they can trust their company. So being transparent, sharing in a vulnerable place, a leader saying, you know, I don't know what the future looks like right now, but we're going to get through it together. And just keeping updates going and communication is really important because that will build trust. And then number three, helping me be better at my job and have the skills to do that. So introducing programs like Retail You or other development programs, you know, ultimately, if an employee can answer yes, 80%, of the time to those three questions, you're going to be able to build that culture, that positive engagement culture that you want. And that hasn't changed. Maybe just the heightened awareness and focus on it now, there's like no excuses. And it's kind of like non-negotiable that you have to have things in place to answer yes to those questions. Absolutely. April, as you think about and, and you coach retail leaders, you know, especially through your, your online education portal, there's, of course, a bunch of skills that are super important. But if you initially are working with leaders, what are some of the, you know, the have-tos that you initially work with them on? Yeah, it's usually around communication. It's always around performance management and having difficult conversations, right? Like human nature is, we just yeah. do not like conflict. I don't know anybody that loves going into conflict. <laughs> and so... uh Right. And I think a lot of us like dread these conversations because they're like, oh my God, I've got to give some really tough feedback. I've got to be really honest. And I don't know, you know, where to start. And I don't want to make them feel bad. And I don't want to not be liked. And so that's where I spend a lot of time actually coaching people and helping them with really easy ways to have those conversations, whether it's an acronym like WIN that helps you, you know, approach a conversation that you feel like could be confrontational because it helps you kind of like, it's like marriage counseling at the end of the day, right? (laughs) Like they're going to give you like, this is the steps to say this in a way that's non-accusatory, that puts on you, that helps the other person hear it and listening skills. I mean, leaders need to learn how to ask more questions, sit back and listen, because you would find out a lot more about your team, a lot more about your customers if you could actually learn to listen. And listening is not a natural skill for most people. And asking questions is not a natural skill. You actually have to learn. I've just learned that by being a coach. And the higher that I moved up in retail and took on a a bigger role, I had to get really good at asking really good questions because I was so much more removed from the shop floor. So I think if, you know, if you're going to develop anything, those are the skills that I do most of the coaching on. Absolutely. Absolutely. April, as you, this is a wealth of information. As you think about kind of the future of retail, any sort of feedback for, you know, organizations really trying to grow, grow their store count or go from becoming D2C brands to opening up their first brick and mortar store, et cetera? Yeah. When it comes to brick and mortar, you know, it starts with people. Like you cannot build a business without people. You can't build stores without people. And so as much as product development, marketing is super, critical, right, to your brand and building it. Because if you don't have the right product, you can't sell it. You have to remember that beyond all of that, it starts with the people in the team. And so don't forget that. A lot of times people go into building stores and they have a strategy and it's all about the aesthetics 
and the experience and the marketing and the product. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the right people, it will all fall short. And so I'd like to see more retailers actually investing in their people. And what that looks like is when you're sitting down on a Monday meeting, looking at last week's sales, you're not just reviewing margins, product sell through with the merchants. You actually are sitting there and saying, hey, what did we do last week? We're measuring our engagement. What does that look like? What strategies do we have in place to ensure that our team feel like, you know, they're supported, they're being taught what they need to, and that they can trust us as an organization. And I, and I feel like that's really important. And that's never changed. But customer experience is key. And how you treat your employees will determine what your customer experience will translate into. Totally aligned. Absolutely. Totally agreed. Well, April, thank you so much. That was a wealth of information. Anything that I forgot to ask you that you want to make sure our listeners know? No, I'm just really excited to be here. And thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm passionate about bricks and more and always will be. And so, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see what the future holds. Awesome, April. Thank you so much again for your time here. I know our listeners are really in for a treat. Appreciate all the knowledge here. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a great one.